how do you create that teamwork on your in your organization? I would say no individual is greater than the whole. And that That's includes the leader themselves. Oh, the leader can't think that they're better than anybody else. That yeah, they can't place themselves above the rest of the team. So that's something to watch out for. Um, as soon as I see a hint of that on the team, it's immediately addressed as a whole entire group. As a reminder, I had to do it this morning on a, on a team <laughs> meeting that will always do what is in the best interest of our entire team. And um, just because you don't get your way, it doesn't mean that it is okay to bring the rest of the team down in any way, shape, or form. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Larclean. A while ago, my wife and I decided that we were gonna permanently switch to solutions to clean our house that were safe to use around our kids and our pets. And Larclean offers exactly that. They're powerful enough to be used in a medical setting and safe enough to be used around kids. In fact, there's no bleach, no alcohol, and it still kills 99% of germs. So if you're listening to this podcast and you wanna give it a try, head over to larclean.com and use code THINKING10 at checkout to save 10% off your order. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Frozen Soft Serve here in Utah. They service everywhere from Ogden to Nephi, and the best part is they make rentals super easy. They bring in the soft serve for you, the machines, they pack it out, and then enjoy their seven flavors of Dole Whip and all of the soft serve that you can eat. It's great for businesses, customer appreciation, and employee appreciation days. And the best part is you don't have to do anything except call them and reserve it. So go to frozensoftserve.com. That's frozen with a PH. Check out the link in the description of this podcast episode. And thank you so much for listening. Megan Prince. Yes. Awesome. Nice to meet you. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. It's been a long time. I've also seen you everywhere on LinkedIn. Pretty awesome. As far as like your career and everything. Uh, I know you and you're currently the, I don't want to get this wrong. VP. Vice president. VP of sales at Zenny. Um, A big, big tech company here. They do accounting. We do. We do accounting and bookkeeping for startups. Okay. Yeah. That's sick. Uh, I was talking to Marae, our mutual friend. Um, I got, I actually got my bachelor's degree in accounting and an MBA in finance. Okay. And I, I sold, All right. I sold to CPAs. I don't envy your guys. Did you sales. hate it? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, these guys are dry. Yeah. It's <laughs> terrible. You're like, you're like, I know, I know, I know. Right. No, I love them. They're amazing. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> I love it. Well, but go ahead and like, give us your kind of your resume as far as sales goes. Yes. So I've been in sales for 11 years and I got my start in door to door selling for Vivint. So another local Utah company. So yeah, I knocked doors in Wyoming, Texas, Mississippi, Kentucky. I've been almost everywhere. Ohio. That was the worst. (laughs) Ohio was bad. Yeah. I was almost kidnapped once. I was in a tornado another time. So I was almost kidnapped in Louisville, Kentucky. (laughs) I am not going back there. I'm not going back there. And then I was in a tornado actually in Mississippi. No way. Yeah. It was so crazy. Yeah. I've only been in a tornado once. We're from Iowa. Oh, you are. Are you from Utah originally? 
I'm from Utah originally, and then I grew up in Washington State, and then I came back to go to Utah State University. Okay. Yeah. And what did you graduate in at Utah State? I actually did not graduate. Yeah, I ended up dropping out to do door to door, and then I just never came back. You never. You don't need a. Yeah. Need a degree for sale. I've thought about it though. (laughs) (laughs) What were you going to school for? So I was actually going to school for art. Yeah. So I'm an artist. I grew up doing competitive art. And then I thought I was going to be an artist and my life took a very different direction. Can you share that story? Yeah, absolutely. So I did door to door for those four years and the plan was to get me through college. And then I just kept progressing in my sales career where I came home from the summer. Uh, This was my last summer selling in Texas. I needed a job at another company called Weave, (laughs) local tech company here. And my friend had worked over there as an onboarder. She was telling me about all the amazing snacks and Diet Coke that they had. (laughs) And so I I went in the next day just to do a tour of the building. And the hiring manager at the time was looking for SDRs. Mm -hmm. And he asked me to start the next day. And so I started there the next day as an SDR. And then I stayed there for six years. I grew from an SDR to a vice president mm-hmm. of sales within six years after I was promoted to VP. Um, six months after we actually IPO'd. So we went public as a company. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, that's been very my, cool my with career. Weave. Yeah, with yeah, Weave. Yeah, Weave is a big one. Um, and and a big household name here in Utah. Yeah, I feel like. they're amazing. Some of those big guys. Yeah. Very cool. Uh, and you said you took that path in six years. I did. Yes. So I was an SDR and then I grew to an account executive. I was actually supposed to go out for a fifth summer and my vice president at the time is the one who stopped me. And he's like, (laughs) I see you as more than an SDR. Let's get you going into an account executive. And so I stayed and then grew to a director, senior director, and then vice president. Yeah. And uh, what was harder, uh, SDR AE? Oh, they're both hard in different ways. So SDR is nice because you're building pipeline and you don't have to worry about, you don't have to worry about a hard close. I feel like when you're an account executive, there is a lot that you're balancing in your mind as you're trying to close somebody. Yes. Yeah. So there's a lot of SDR was easier. Um, Account executive, definitely harder, especially with entry level AE, where you're both an SDR and an your full cycle. Yep. It's so hard. How do you feel about the, I I have mixed feelings on the AE SDR model. How do you feel? Do you feel like it? Do you feel like that's the way? Do you feel like it's good? I do. So I've seen both models and SDR AE model has worked out the best for me personally, Mm -hmm. just as far as, as a return on investment. The reason why is where your focus goes, that's where energy flows. And SDR is just focused 100% on pipeline. AE is focused on 100% closing with the model that I currently have right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. there is some, there's those, full, they call them full cycle. Yep. They, they do you just go cradle to cradle. I don't believe in full cycle, but it's I've tough. heard of companies making it work as well. So, well, it's just, it's just tough. It's like when you, because I've kind of seen both too, like in, in tech, or like in more of uh, agency models, uh-huh. I feel like it does work. Yeah. I, I And that's where I was kind of like, I was in retail. We talked a little bit about this, but in retail, it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. In retail, you're cradle to grave. You're full. Oh, so, yeah. you're, you're just boom, boom. Right. Yeah. Um, because I think it's a little more, it's a quicker one in retail a little bit. Right. Mm-hmm. Ver- although I've sold like $500,000 pieces of equipment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we were still full cycle. But um, yeah, it's just always interesting of like, 
kind of balance and, and then balancing the customer, right? Like, like he's going from here, she's going from here to here. Right. And then like, and then you, so you go from your SDR to your AE to maybe your customer mm. success, right. Or your implementation. So many hands. <laughs> you're like, you're like a new person every other day. <laughs> I feel like that's where. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I mean, it works though. It can. It yeah. definitely can. I've seen companies make it work and I've seen it also fail miserably. It just, <laughs> it really depends. Oh, yeah. And what's the difference between a SDR AE model that works and one that might not work? I would say sales cycle plays into it. So is it a quicker sales cycle, longer sales cycle? I think when it is a longer sales cycle, that model can work just because there is a lot of time in between when you initially prospect um, up until the close. Yeah. yeah. And you can make it work as well with a, with less of a sales cycle or a quicker sales cycle. It just, I feel is not as productive because you should mm. be using that skill of closing and have your account like executive right jam-packed with closing yeah. versus jam-packed halfway uh, <laughs> with the day of prospecting and then the other half of the day closing. Yeah. yeah. I, that's a good point because if you're, if you are in a shorter sales cycle, like more like SMB, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. You're closing in like what, you know, maybe a month. I think SMB. Yeah, anywhere from eight to 15 days yeah. less than a month. Yeah. And, and that would make sense if you're an eight, that would make sense for a full sales cycle. Like that's, you just do everything cause you can get it real quick there. Uh, yeah. I guess, I guess in a industry where a one call close is more likely, you know what I mean? Mm. Uh, I don't know. Uh, what are your thoughts on maybe, I mean, how do you, well, like tell, tell me your training style. Like, how do you approach the sale? How do you uh, navigate the road and path to the sale? All that good stuff. Yeah. So I use a training model called, uh, have you heard of straight line selling mm -hmm. mixed with challenger selling? Yeah. So our uh, style of selling follows straight line where you're building rapport and then you're going into setting the agenda. You're mm -hmm. going into discovery, product demo presentation, initial ask. And then we use a technique called loop cycling. So it's when somebody gives you an objection after your initial ask and then you go into a cycle where you agree and then you transition while building value and then you ask for the close. Mm -hmm. They give you another objection, <laughs> then you agree, you transition and build value, then you ask for the close in yeah. a different way. So you're doing that three to four different times until somebody's like, no, for real, we're not doing this or I need another decision maker on the call. I think a lot of it, uh, what, what plays into it is having that emotional intelligence to really tell when you're pushing it. Yeah. And you need to know when to back off. Yeah. So yeah, how do I you, use straight line. As a leader, mm -hmm. how do you manage your team when you know that like maybe someone on your team didn't ask four times or like, mm -hmm. you know, but trusting. So how do you lead trusting someone's emotional intelligence and also being like, dude, you didn't ask enough. Or maybe if you'd ask one more, like, how do you balance that conversation? Because it's a tough one. Like I've been a leader before and you're like, mm -hmm. You only asked once and then they're like, well, I wasn't feeling it. And I'm like, mm. you know, like, I don't know. It's a tough one. Yeah. People respect what you inspect. And so if you're not going and listening to their demos and their, their closes, then it's going to be difficult to give them that feedback. Um, I think in order for somebody to truly accept feedback as well, they have to know that you are coming at them with the best intention and you really do have to have that relationship with your team in order to give honest and direct feedback. Mm -hmm. So I would say it, it is a dual accountability there where they need to 
be coachable, but then you also as the leader need to uh, build that relationship and also be coachable to how somebody accepts that feedback. Mm -hmm. I'd also say there has to be accountability and consequences where if you've asked somebody to do something multiple times and they don't enforce what you're asking them to do and they know that there are consequences, then that's where you take them out of Chili Piper as an example. <laughs> it's like, okay, well, I asked you four times and yeah. now I you have to pay the Piper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You can't, yeah, that makes sense. Uh -huh. and, and I agree with all of that. Mm -hmm. I, I always found it hard when I was a young leader to be like, I know that you felt that, but you need. And so what I... Uh, ended up doing was like, don't be afraid to foul out. Mm. Like um, the best salespeople don't have five-star Google reviews. <laughs> like some, they're four and a half. Yeah. Four, right. Because you piss somebody off. Like you asked one too many times and maybe they got a little mad, but you had to push it a little bit. Mm. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think it comes down to a few different things as well. When you're asking uh, to not come off as pushy, it comes down to tone. It comes down mm. to timing you can say something in a different way and have another tone and it comes off as aggressive versus, hey, I'm yeah. trying to help you. Yeah, it's not what you say, it's how you say exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> you, yeah. you nailed it. Yeah. How, how do you teach? Um, I mean, you mentioned straight line selling. So before I get into that, though, what's your favorite uh, sales book? What book do you recommend the most? I love the Challenger Sell if you're, if you're talking about just straight up sales books. Mm -hmm. I actually downloaded The Greatest Salesman in the World today. I mm -hmm. haven't listened to it. Uh, I, well, I've listened to five minutes of it. Love it already. But <laughs> yeah, it's a good book. I can't say it's my favorite quite yet. Yeah. Which one do you like between those two? I like the challenger cell. I okay. think it's, but the challenger cell brings up a point that you just brought up. Yeah. It's, it's all about how you do it. Cause uh -huh. challenger sales, like nobody wants to know that their baby's ugly. Yep. <laughs> so you got to do it really, so many ugly babies. Yeah, but yeah. you got to do it really carefully. You know what I mean? It's like, mm. Mm, you got to be real careful. So I feel like there's like almost an evolution of sale, selling and challenger is up in that, like that. If it was college, that would be like your year four. Like, are right, you've learned all the basics and now this is kind of where we want to get to. But you can't give that book to someone who's never sold before. Totally. I, agree. I don't know. What do you think? I agree with that. So challenger sale, you do have to know the basics of how to be a salesperson. And then challenger sale, what I love about it is the principle of teach, tailor, and take control. Mm -hmm. So it's all about educating your prospect, your buyer, and then you're tailoring to their needs. And then you're uh, leading them to the sale. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's what a lot of salespeople are missing out on is selling is leading mm -hmm. and they're not taking that control at the end. Yeah. And when, mm -hmm. just like finding that control throughout the whole thing, like mm -hmm. you could tell when somebody's you've lost total control, like we should, we are on step one, <laughs> not step five. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. What, what makes a, uh, besides maybe training, mm -hmm. what are some soft skills that make someone really good at selling? Coachability, yeah. how well somebody is able to accept feedback and then more importantly, implement the feedback that they've accepted. I would say learner's mentality as well. Somebody who's able to mentor themselves outside of work. Mm. So they're growing, they're developing themselves outside of work. Um, they also have hobbies outside of work other than <laughs> other than work. Yeah, I think your personal life will play into your professional life more than anything in the world. It's hard to separate the two of those. So yeah. if you don't have a life outside of work, very difficult to be happy. Um, the other would be a positive mindset. Yeah, I think you have those reps that uh, they they experience something negative and it's hard for them to bounce back and rebound yeah. versus those reps with the positive mindset, they experience something negative 
and then they can have the ability of picking themselves up again is important. Yeah. I, I think, I, I think that what you mentioned there was like, how do you, um, like learning on your own Mm -hmm. because in sales a lot, there's like, sometimes you just don't like, uh, you just don't have the time. Like the training Mm -hmm. isn't, and, and it's not at any, there's no accountability. I think at any level on what I'm about to say, but it's like, sometimes you just don't have time to train your whole team an hour a day. Mm -hmm. Like I weave at the beginning we got to sell, dude. Like (laughs) you got to figure this out, man. You know what I'm saying? And, and, uh, I really like that. Is that how you learned? That is one of the ways that I learned. And I've also been so lucky with mentors in my life as well. Very cool. Like Sky Povey. I don't know if you know that name. I've heard that name. Yeah. Yeah. He was the vice president of sales, uh, for a few years over at weave. And I've learned so much from Sky, my current CEO Swapnell. He's absolutely incredible. He teaches, quite a bit about mindset and abundance mentality and energy and law of attraction. So I would say, yeah, just been really lucky to have amazing mentors in my life. Is that where, is that where he got the name Zenny? You know, <laughs> I'll let him, I'll let him oh, tell, tell the story. He's on All the right. podcast. Yeah. Get him on the podcast. Around. Yeah. Cause I, as it's funny, I like, I like that though, because <laughs> a lot of it is. And, and it, for me, it's kind of like finding the balance be, because so much of like that mindset and that energy training ha- mm-hmm. is applicable to sales. And a lot of people don't appreciate that sometimes. Mm. Like I had like a story I had with a salesperson. So everybody that he met was like a douche. He's like, this guy's a douche. Uh, He would, he would tell me about a customer. He's like, this guy's a douche. This guy's, and I'm like, I sat him down one day and I'm like, Hey, I've done what you've done. Um, literally 10,000 times. Mm -hmm. And I've had maybe a handful of really like people. I would be like, that guy was a douche. Mm -hmm. And I was like, so what, what are you doing? And he told me the story and I was like, well, dude, if you're treating them like, like they're going to be a douche to you, yeah. what other choice do they have? To mirror your yeah. They're yeah. like, if you come off like that, they're going to give it back to you. Mm-hmm. So why don't you just treat everybody like they can buy? And that was it. Yep. I yeah. love that. I'd also say if you, if everybody is an asshole, then you're probably the <laughs> you're, problem. Yeah, exactly. You're, you're, exactly. Yeah. That's, exactly. That's what a lot of people don't realize is if, if everyone is a problem, then you, the problem. The problem to you. <laughs> yeah, we had that. That's hard for people to realize. Uh-huh. Though. It's a difficult learning lesson. And I think we've all been there where we've been the yeah. problem. <laughs> where you're like, dude. Yeah. yeah. Um, I have totally. I remember my first leadership position was a train wreck. <laughs> it was a nightmare. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, because you don't people, I think this is what, and maybe give me your thoughts on this. There's a difference between somebody who's really good at selling and be a really good leader. Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of people are like, I'm going to promote my top reps and I, that works sometimes, mm-hmm. but it's definitely like hit and miss. You know, you're looking for somebody who knows what they're doing, who has a good process, who has a good structure, um, but can also sell, right? Like, I don't know. Tell me your thoughts on like promotion. I've promoted my top rep before. I, I've had a few top reps and I had a terrible experience with one of them that I had promoted where Um, when you're a top rep, sometimes you do have that mentality of I'm the best and it's about Mm. me and it doesn't change just because you get a title. I think the most important learning lesson that I've gone through when I've promoted people is, um, if you are, are doing what, uh, if you're doing the role of the promotion that you're wanting, then nothing is going to change once you get that title. 
Um, so look at who they are as a human right now mm. and promote based on that because a title doesn't change anything. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Yep. That they're, is, if, yeah. If they're a top performer, but they are only looking out for themselves, it's going to be the same thing in leadership versus mm -hmm. if they're a top performer and they look out for the entire team, they're going mm -hmm. out of their way to help others, then that's how they're going to be in a leadership role. Do you, do you recommend or, or have you seen that only top, like, do you only look at somebody for leadership when they're a top performer or do you look at anybody else? Or, you have to look at a consistent performer yes. is, is just as important that. as a top performer. That. The problem with promoting a low performer who might be an amazing leader is people will not respect that person yeah, because they look at that human and they're like, why are you telling me what to do? You've never done what I, what you're yeah. asking me to do yeah. and I can't respect you. So there has to be an element of both. Yeah. And, yeah. and that's what I was saying. Like, I like that you mentioned consistency uh -huh. because I like, you know, obviously the top the A players and like in tech, I was never an A player, but in other retail sales, I have been. And when you, when you look at that, you're kind of like, um, the consistency is what I always look for. Yeah. Like, because, and like you mentioned too, brain damage, like if the top rep, I'm like, you're going to give me a nightmare. You're going to give me a headache, whether you're here or there. Not worth it. <laughs> it's just so, not worth it. Yeah, yeah. 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 And that's, yeah, that's wild. How do you feel like sales has changed? Uh, the environment of sales has changed with the current climate? Oh, that's a good question. The current climate is more difficult to sell in, mm -hmm. at least when it comes to SaaS startups. So that's our, yeah. our audience yeah. specifically. If you are a top performer in today's client, you are more than likely implementing the challenger sale. So yeah. you're taking the approach of once again, you're teaching you're tailoring and you're, you're taking control. Mm -hmm. So I would say if you're using challenger as the way that you sell, you're probably okay. But other than that, yeah, we've, had, tough, we've yeah. had to adapt for sure. Yeah. It's tough. Yeah. yeah you, it's not as easy anymore. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but I like the, I like the whole challenger. sale. I think it was a step up. Have you ever had spin selling? I have not. Okay. It's like, it's like spin selling, uh, challenger sale is like the new spin selling, I would say, Okay. but Neil Rackham, anyway, but it's that idea that you're just like asking questions. You're kind of probing, trying to figure out because one of the words that I hate using is value mm. just because it's like every, you put that in a LinkedIn post, it goes viral Yeah. and you don't have to say anything else. You should try it today. <laughs> yeah. You're like, see if it goes. <laughs> you're just like fire, value. I'll go like it. Yeah. Right. Immediately. And, but like, I, what I like about the challenger sales, like, like you mentioned, you're kind of like value is like beauty. It's in the eye of the beholder. Mm -hmm. So like you really have to dig and figure out what, you know, piece you're plugging into and why they would hire your software mm -hmm. to like really get an understanding. And then, and then it makes it really obvious. Then you don't really hard close mm -hmm. at that point. Then it's just like, makes sense. Right? At that point, it just, <laughs> it adds up where yeah. it's like, okay, what pain points are you experiencing? Let me see if my product can help you with that. that. And then let's see if we can meet up at the end. Mm -hmm. In today's environment, it's all about seeking to understand and actually caring about people yeah. versus trying to get something out of somebody. Yeah. I think you can immediately spot the difference and it just feels gross yeah. when somebody's trying to get you. The to commission breath. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> versus like if you hop on a call with a rep and you can tell that they really care about you and your business 
and they want to try to make it work, if it's not a great solution, great. Like, let me refer you to somebody else. Yeah. Tell me more yeah. about, tell me more about that. Tell me more about how you train salespeople to sort of like let go of the sale mm -hmm. and just really try to help people let go of like the commission breath and all that stuff. I think it comes down to law of frequency or law of vibration. I don't know if you've studied or heard of any mm -hmm. of that before, Yeah. but uh, law of frequency basically states that when you're in the highest frequency of joy, love, happiness, freedom, then you're able to attract other things that are in that same frequency. And what a lot of people don't realize is money and deals lie in the top frequency. If you want to close a deal and you are in a terrible frequency of like hatred and anger and jealousy and sadness, mm -hmm. then it's just not going to line up. It's not going to happen for you. So I do teach my reps quite a bit about law of frequency and staying in that top abundance mindset. Um, it's crazy. There are recent studies within the last year that there is the highest of high frequency out there. Um, I'm going to have you take a guess on what it could be. Wait, okay. The highest of high frequency? Yep. So the ones that I just stated are joy, love, yeah. freedom, abundance. But, but what's like the what highest? Would be high? What would be higher than that? Oh, if I'm just going off of my intuition, maybe like empathy or like. Okay. Yeah. All right. Riley, you got any guesses? No. <laughs> throw, throw you in. You're right. So the highest frequency you can be in is authenticity. Oh, cool. So people can spot off the bat if you're being authentic mm -hmm. or if you're trying to get something out of them. Once again, it plays into that. Amen. And so what I teach my reps is be yourself, uh, seek to understand, seek to actually help people, treat them like a human and also go into it with a positive mindset. And of course, we can implement straight line as well as challenge yourself. But if you are missing those frequencies and you are having a terrible mindset, nobody's going to want to buy from you. They're going to want to run from you. Oh, that's so, that's so true. But I like what you said, cause it's a hundred percent. People can tell like right off the bat, mm -hmm. what, how you feel and how you present yourself. And I think the biggest cliche in sales that I hate has become a cliche, uh -huh. but it's like the, what's the difference between like, you know, like, okay, so you worked at weave mm -hmm. podium is a pretty similar competitor. Mm -hmm. Like why would somebody pick weave over podium? I know there's nuances in there, mm -hmm. but it really would come down to like, at the end of the day, it'd be like, I like Megan or I like Dalton or I like Riley. Right. Like mm -hmm. I've had those deals where like you've been, you know, it's sixes to in the customer's mind. Mm -hmm. And you're like, well, I just, I know that you're going to take care of me or I know you're going to do this or we, or I remember the first thing you said to me was like, I'm not going to push you or whatever. Right. Like they just feel that. Yeah. They, they can pick up on that immediately. And yeah. I think you've probably had a similar experience where you're looking at multiple products. Yeah. And at the end of the day, if there is a feature missing or it's in beta versus the other product, you're going to go with the, with the sales rep that you like. Yeah. And the one that you want to help out, you want to connect with. Yeah. It's like reciprocity. Yeah. For sure. I love that. Um, what was the first book you read on sales? It was the little red book of sales. My dad Oh, Jeffrey Gitmer. Yeah. Let's go. Uh, yep, that's a, no, everybody wants to buy, but nobody wants to be sold. Yep. Nobody Amen. likes feeling sold. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> that's a good book though. The little red it's book so of selling good. is timeless. It Have you ever, really is. Do you follow Jeffrey Gitmer on social media? I don't. Okay. No, I'm going to. You should. But uh, he, uh, I've seen a few of his videos and I've seen him at a couple events. He is the goofiest guy you'll ever meet. But he's so cool. Everybody like you just want to buy from him. Yeah. yeah. Like, all right, cool. I mean, You're like I, I will do whatever you do. Second book. <laughs> what was the second book? It, the Little Red Book of Sales 2. 
Oh, okay. Yeah. I think I only have the first one. But I got the Little Red Book of Selling okay. when I was in car sales. So that's where I started selling was cars. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Okay. Um, and it's so interesting. How do you feel like, maybe, maybe you didn't have this experience. Did you feel like there was a stigma coming from non-tech into tech? Mm, I didn't, I didn't see it as much on my end, but okay. I tend to block those things out as yeah. well, where so I don't really care what yeah. somebody has to say or think about that. Yeah. You're just going, yeah. I'm just so focused on what I'm doing yeah. and who I want to become. Yeah, so I, I just didn't notice it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's fair. Um, tell me your feelings about coming from a situation where you're, you're a top performer in door to door selling. And oh, then, I was not a top performer in. Oh, you were Okay, no, tell me I more. Was not good. I was, <laughs> but you it seems I like was, you did what? Like what? What made you keep selling? Then? The thing about me is I am very loyal and I'm very consistent, and so okay. I will keep coming back until I get better and better and better. Okay. Yeah, I am a a creature of habit as okay. well, and so that was my my whole thing. Is I did keep getting better, but my first door to door summer, absolutely <laughs> terrible. My ex boyfriend got me my first deal. And oh. it was it was so brutal, but I just didn't know that there was other opportunity out there. Okay. And so I kept coming back and I kept getting better slowly, but surely. And I did the same thing in tech where I am a little bit of a slow learner. Mm -hmm. But once I get it down, there's nobody yeah. who's going to be more dedicated than me. Yeah, I like yeah. that. I like that. And, uh, and my bad for not knowing your story a little bit. Better. Oh, no, you're good. Um, I just, I, I know this is being recorded and I so know like, no, 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 no. be like, Megan. they're like, she was terrible <laughs> in Wyoming. Do you remember that? <laughs> oh, you know, don't worry about it. I, I have a lot of friends in door to door. Door to door is hard. Uh, yeah. I, it's so hard. It's hard. I yeah, got friends in door to door. I learned so much from it though. Yeah. Do you feel like you learn? do you feel like the things you learned in door to door that helped you get better every time that helped you be successful? successful in that, um, translated to tech? Absolutely. So law of attraction is yeah. when I first started to learn, uh, I learned about it in door to door. Oh, cool. So my fourth summer is when I met a guy named Doug Cartwright. I don't know if that name rings a bell, but he's incredible as well. He was very much into law of attraction and whatever you think about is what is going to come to fruition. Mm -hmm. And so as soon as I started learning more and more about that and um, writing down what I wanted to have happen and learning about manifestation is when I started to, uh, turn it around. Mm -hmm. yeah. And you, and, and that went right into, and then it went right into tech. Yeah. Yep. So that, that whole mindset helped. The, I love that we're, we've gone this way. I thought that whenever I get on with salespeople, yeah. it's really tactical. Like, so we're going to say this, this is like, it's a tactical conversation. Like, how do you do certain things? But I've always loved the idea and like my hot take on sales is philosophy over psychology mm -hmm. because like I would never give a first time rep like, um, influence, like the power of influence by Robert Caldini. Like I would never give that to a first year guy mm -hmm. or girl because like you're going to read all of that and it's going to mess with your head so much. Like what, what you teach Megan is like, just like, be yourself, be you, get out there. People are going to love it. And you're going to slip up a little bit on the way. But if you have these things, you're going to get better, right? Mm -hmm. That's what I think people should focus on. That's what I think has been lost in sales. Tell me more about what you think. I agree with that statement. I think the focus should be small improvements as well. So another book that I love is Atomic Habits, yeah. where he talks about habit stacking and getting better 1% every single day. 
the power of 1% is that you don't notice it when you're in the middle of doing it, mm -hmm. but pretty soon it, it compounds and you're a whole different human being. So I noticed that with myself as well as I didn't think that it was a big deal implementing like gratitude statements every mm. single day. Yeah. And before I knew it within 90 days, a hundred days, I had a different mindset of love, love abundance and law of attraction and all good things are coming to me. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I think just focusing on the little things, they add up to the big things. Yeah. Well, and when you're in a good mood and like when you're in, like, as you would say, right, the high frequency, mm -hmm. like things just flow easy. I mean, things just come to you, yeah. right? Like, and it flows and it's nice and it's cool. Um, and that's what keeps people in sales longer because everybody can, like I've seen first year or, you know, very first salespeople come in and they hit that big number mm -hmm. and they're like, I'm in. And then the next month they hit zero and they're like, everything has gone to shit. Sales doesn't work. <laughs> you know, like, uh -huh. but you're like, no, no, no. Like sales isn't necessarily about the 25, right? It's about like, it's just like life. It's like, what do you do when you get zero? Yeah. What do you do when a customer tells you no? Well, you can't let your highs get too high and your lows get too low. Yeah. No matter what happens, you have to stay even killed. Yeah. Temperate. Yeah. Yep. You have to, you have to know that something good is around the corner and something bad could be around the corner, but you have to have faith that like you can handle it either way. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Temperance. Yeah. That, that idea that like, uh, I think it was Winston Churchill. He said success isn't forever and failure isn't fatal. I love it. I didn't know that was in. Oh, really? I love yeah, it. I think it's once. Yeah, I don't know. We'll fact check it later. Uh, but I think it was. But it's yeah. I love this conversation because I, I, I like I said, everybody gets tactical on me, mm -hmm. and it's fine. Like, I, like look, and that's what I, how I defend it too. Is somebody be like, what? You don't believe in psychology? It's like, no. I'm telling you that. Of that's, yeah, I was like, I psychology. Absolutely. Read, you're like, I've read all the books. Okay, huh. but you're like, we're dealing with salesmen or people. Mm -hmm. And we're selling to people and like, how do we create genuine human connection? Mm -hmm. It's like, what you're talking about? Like authentic, authenticity, gratitude. Uh, I like empathy, right? Like all of these things are just like people. That's how you get it, like connected with people. Yeah, That's who I want to do business with. Yeah. And I don't want to do business with the person trying to do a weird psychology hack on me. Yeah. And once again, you can tell the difference. Oh, absolutely. Know the difference. And that's the hard part. Yeah. And that's why I love, I know some people don't like selling to salespeople, but I love selling to salespeople because they're like, look, I'm in sales. And I go, oh, thank God we can cut all the bullshit then. Mm -hmm. Right. <laughs> so great. <laughs> Usually it's the opposite. They, right. try, they try to be like, I know what you're doing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They're like, I know what you're doing. I always, I always get them off guard though. I'll be like, I was like, like, oh, I met a few people like at Zenny when we were doing dirty dough and, uh, they're like, I'm in sales. I was like, oh, oh cool. Gosh. I was like, oh, cool. Then we don't have to, then we don't have to jump through any hoops. We can just talk. They're like, yeah. I was like, all right, cool. <laughs> this is what a dirty dough is. That's this amazing. is how much it costs. You want to buy it? Sweet. If not, no worries. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. I, I don't know. I just, I learned that when I was in car sales, that was like, if you don't want to buy this, that's totally fine. And in the back of my head, I knew I was cool with that because I have 10 other appointments that day mm -hmm. that I know I'm, you know what I mean? It's that abundance yeah. mentality. Yeah, right? just, if they don't want it, cool. If somebody else does. Yeah. Somebody else next does. One. Yeah. I got 10 mm -hmm. appointments today. Like do you, if you want to buy it, get out. <laughs> if you want to buy it, I want to sell it to yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> but if, uh, but if you think I'm lying to you or whatever, right? Like, uh, that's cool. Then have fun with it. Yeah. That. Think about it. I'll be back. <laughs> I, it's just kind of one of those things. Like I also love the counterintuitive approaches to life mm -hmm. where you just tell somebody totally like my favorite objection handling is just catching somebody totally off guard. Like I only have five minutes. Cool. I only have two. 
<laughs> and I'm like, wait, what? I'm going to one up you. <laughs> yeah, I have 30 seconds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, great. I don't have any time either. And they're just like, what? And then you just kind of settle people that like, it just uh-huh. catches people. You just kind of like, all right, I, I get it. You don't want it. You know what I mean? Um, but what are some of your, I mean, how do you like to approach objection handling? I think that's a fun conversation. Loop cycle. Yeah. Yep. So you're agreeing, you're building value. I know that's a trigger word. You're building value (laughs) and then you're transitioning while you're building value. You're asking for the clothes in a different way. And that's the key is you're doing it in a different way every single time. And you're building value in a different way every single time. You're agreeing Mm -hmm. in a different way every single time. And so a lot of the time people don't realize when you're doing it. And once again, it plays into intention of if it is a good fit, you're going to help them make that decision. Mm-hmm. You're doing them a favor, helping them make that decision. Selling is leading. If it's not a good fit, then I'm not going to force it. Yeah. And I think that's a great way to just handle objections in any kind of sell, I think. Because, no, I mean, everybody can kind of tell. And and I, I've always viewed a no as like um, in selling as like not yet. Or like, because somebody might tell me no, and that's totally fine. But what I, in my experience, the first no is usually followed up with something Mm -hmm. and interpreted as like, not yet. Like, no, I don't know yet because, or like the pricing, right? Like they just don't, like they don't have enough info to make a decision yet. At least that's how I view it. Cause that helps me go to the, what you're talking about, right? Like, all right, well, let me ask you this, right? Like, let me figure out what else we can dig up here and like use this momentum. I, I yeah. love momentum. I also love assumptive selling. Yes. So going into yeah. the clothes, <laughs> here are the next steps. Let's get you going. You're right. going to love this. Yeah. And then if they bring up an objection, then once again, going through the loop cycle where you're working through that objection, yeah. you're addressing it and you're seeing if you can come to a term. Well, and assumptive selling is cool too, because you could use that, right? Like you mentioned in the objection handling, you're like, yeah, most of my customers actually have that same concern. Yeah, like, social selling. Here's, here's yeah. how we've overcome that with other people and how I think it could work with you. Are you like, oh, because nobody wants to feel like they're alone, right? You have to balance that in sales of like novelty, like you're the one versus like, you're just like also like everybody. <laughs> yeah, like I've heard this 17 times a day. It's not a big deal. Right, 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 right. That's right. what we're going to do about it. Yeah. Now sign the contract. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Uh, yeah. Press hard. Five copies. Uh-huh. I got mm, you. <laughs> five copies. <laughs> no, that's that's so funny. Um, who do you have any favorite sales leaders that you look up to? Sky that I mentioned mm-hmm. earlier is absolutely incredible. I've learned so much from Sky. My dad was also a salesman. So I look up to my dad. My grandpa was a salesman. What do they sell? It just, it just runs in the family. Yeah. My dad sold, uh, he sold uh, cars. My grandpa yeah. also sold real estate. Yeah. Very so cool. a couple of different things. Car salespeople are underrated. Oh, yeah. Super underrated. Mm-hmm. I came from cars into tech and it was a real, I, I've, I got a lot of like, like, pushback there was a stigma mm. of like cars however car salespeople sell and sorry what? i said cards so like oh, reading, oh, cards, reading what, cards like greading oh, cards okay, is what he okay. actually sold oh that's cool that sound like it? yeah okay so well, very my mistake different no that i need to pronounce <laughs> no you're awesome <laughs> so yeah reading it's, cards it's runs in my family and okay. i'd say my mom has a very resilient mindset as mm. well so my mom has always had the mindset of pick yourself up by the bootstraps Very and cool. let's get over it real quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think all of that has played into where I've, I've ended up. You're like, that's yeah. it. Yeah. That's very cool. Um, and as far as like selling, uh, what are, what do you feel like 
the future of selling is like, cause it's kind of always evolving. I think what's funny about sales training is like, it's just, it just evolves into like how you implement it. But what are some like sales trends that you're seeing and, and how do you prepare your team for maybe some of these trends that are going on? I would say a trend I'm seeing in tech specifically is product-led growth versus sales-led growth. And mm -hmm. I'm all here for product-led growth. I would prefer that. That would make my job a lot easier. <laughs> yeah, but at true. the end of the day, I think people still are craving that human interaction mm -hmm. where I don't know if we'll ever get to the point of dissolving humans from sales completely. Yeah. So I would say really focusing on the needs of the client over everything and truly listening to what your customer is needing mm -hmm. and then seeking to understand if you have a solution for them or not. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I don't think AI is going to take salespeople anytime soon. I don't think even, even if you have a great product, like a lot, for example, um, Mercedes Benz, I know you're a fan. I love them. Yeah. Like they have an immaculate product. Uh -huh. They still sell in dealerships to people like a normal, like a normal thing. I want to deal with a human when yeah. it comes to that. Yeah. You just like, I just like, dude, I don't want to. And even, even software. Like I, I just don't think we're at the point yet and it might make us sound old or whatever, but I just don't feel like we're at the point where it's like, ah, I don't need anybody to answer my questions. I can figure it out on my own. Mm -hmm. Like we're just not there. And I don't think we'll be there for a very long time. If, if ever, mm. where you're just like, no, I need to ask Megan a question. Like, please, I'm going to hit zero until I get I a day. I do that every time. <laughs> and then when it doesn't yeah. work, oh my, I am on yeah, the floor. You get pissed. Yeah. You get pissed. I know. But do you, we like to talk to people, but do you like to talk to people for the same reason I do, which is, Cause I know I'm a good negotiator. I know if I get somebody on the phone, <laughs> I might get my way. <laughs> I've, I've never thought about that. I think I like to talk to people because I want to understand, mm -hmm. but then I do like the thrill of a chase. Yeah. Yeah. So I like to chase more than I like to negotiate. Yeah. 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 That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, I just know that if I get somebody on the phone, that's why I like, I mean, phone sales are my favorite. Uh, because I know if I can get somebody on the phone, like I got a really good shot at like getting this done. So like whatever it is, like get, give me a tip I can take home to my reps. Let's hear it. Oh, <laughs> um, have you ever read uh, Never Split the Difference? Yes. OK, I love so that. my favorite phone tip is um, his. Uh, the radio DJ voice, the radio DJ voice. I do that every once in a while. No, Chris, I'm just kidding. Chris Voss. Chris Voss is actually funny about Chris Voss. He was from a town right next to us, Mount Pleasant, Iowa. Okay. So yeah, he grew up there. Voss Petroleum was in our hometown. Wow. Um, but anyway, no, his uh, accusation audit. Hmm. That's my favorite. That's how I win 90% is his, uh, is like, like, okay. And uh, I did this in cars all the time. So like when you bought your car, you had to go to a finance guy. Mm -hmm. so, right. So I, I was worst. the worst. I was the finance guy and I would, and I, this is how I came out to people. I was like, Megan, I'm the finance guy. You, uh, you hate this part. Everybody hates this part. Uh, you're, when I get starting my thing, Megan, you're going to be like, no, 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 no. But I, I just want to let you know up front. I, something I have to do because of compliance, but it'll take me two minutes. And if you hate everything I say, just tell me no and we'll move on. Sound good? Sound good. And then it was like, the they would let, they would let me go through it because I was like, because I just, yeah, everybody hates this. No one likes it. 
You think I'm sleazy? You think I'm a scumbag? The most important thing yeah. you did at the end as well is you got their buy-in with the sound good. Yeah. And I love that. I also <laughs> love labeling, which you labeled yes. yourself in that. Yeah. Right. Because And that just works. That just works for me because like, and whenever I, whenever I get on the phone and I, I can tell this guy doesn't want to be in on this sales call. I just be like, I would be like, can I share a secret with you, Megan? I hate salespeople just as much as you do. <laughs> you think I'm going to push you right. But it's like labeling all the bad things in their mind and putting it out on the table. And then just like realizing like it just connects with people really quick. Yeah. And when I did that, when I started doing that in sales with finance, people would let me pitch them because mm. the number one reason we didn't sell anything was everybody would just stop us before we could even start. So I got my pitch down to two minutes. I timed it, mm -hmm. did it in the mirror. It was like two minutes on the dot. And I would tell, tell people I would play with sometimes it'd be like, sit two minutes, right? They're like, wow, that's cool. I was like, now, does anything sound interesting? And they'd be like, actually, I didn't know you offered that. I really want that. Like tire and wheel package for a Mercedes Benz. Everybody thought it was, I was like, no, it's actually really good. That's amazing. <laughs> They're like, whoa. So that plays into leadership as well. So labeling and when you're, um, when you're giving that <laughs> label to yourself, I think it applies to having hard conversations. Like when you go into mm. a tough conversation that you don't want to have, you pointing that out to the <laughs> rep where it's like, listen, you and I both don't want to have this conversation. I want to let you know that I get zero joy out of this with what I'm about to say. Now, with that yeah. being said, yeah. here's your performance. This is an issue. What are we going to do to yeah. resolve this issue? Yeah. So I think just letting people know that like this is equally as awkward and uncomfortable for you. You're human too. Yeah. Is so important. Yeah. yeah. Just like, yeah, you hate, you're going to hate me. You're going to argue with me. You're going to like, I think I'm wrong and that's all good. Uh-huh. Here's where we're at. Now let's start. Right. <laughs> like, listen, you're going to hate me. I hate myself sometimes. <laughs> you're like, you and I both. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it just like puts everybody, you're like, yeah, you're right. Mm -hmm. It just drops every, all the guards down. And I, and I, and I, so that's one that I really love. I love that. I'm going to have to revisit that. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, I, I, that's one I give to new reps that might be, cause to me, it's not a power one. It's like a real simple, mm -hmm. like lower your tone, right. Pace yourself, breathe a little bit, admit that, you know what I mean? Go for no. I like his go for no. Have you seen his master classes too? Oh uh, yeah, all of them. I was in. I did the Black Swan training. I'm I'm gonna go back and do that tonight. <laughs> I, paid, I paid the five or six grand to go to his Black Swan. Oh my! I didn't. Yeah. Okay, I didn't know it was that. So this is something different than master. No, no, no. Class. So no, his master class oh, is great. Okay, but his Black Swan was like he was there training people. Like you got to wow. attend his event. Okay. Yeah, I That's spent incredible. way too much money. Well, clearly it was worth it. <laughs> I was like, way <laughs> too much money. On those oh, yeah, totally. Um, that's a funny uh, thing to add, like funny question. How much do you think you spent on your own personal sales training? Ooh, thousands. Yeah. When it, when it comes down to all of the books that I've read, all of the books that I've listened to, 100%. Uh, the master classes that I've attended, the time that I, I've also put into it, thousands. Yeah. Thousands. I, I don't have a number when it comes to the over 10,000. Oh yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah. That's cool though. But I mean, a lot of people don't get that. Mm -hmm. A lot of people are just like, Oh, like I'm going to go into sales. We're going to, you know, we're going to clock in, we're going to clock out. And it's like, oh, you got to love this. <laughs> you got to love this stuff. Cause that doesn't work. You know? Well, being mediocre also sucks. Yeah. It's not fun. Yeah. You're not going to have fun. You're not going to put yourself in the highest frequency more than likely if you mm -hmm. feel like you're Mediocre. Like if <laughs> you're going to do something, you may as well be like, you may as well be good. Yeah. you And go do something that you love. Like I've fired salespeople because I was just like, dude, you don't love this. Yeah. And that's fine, bro. And I'm going to help you out. 
But you know what's interesting yeah. is they didn't love that, but did they love their life? Like, did they love themselves? Right. Probably not. Yeah, they weren't having fun. Yeah. And I and I told them that, and I was like, so you can blame me. You can tell everybody that you, you whatever, right? You can throw me under the bus, but you'll have way more fun doing what you want to do than, mm-hmm. than being here. Um, and I know some people think that's like crass, and I'm probably going to get some comments on that, but... Sometimes it does help people. Like I've had people come up to me and be like, yeah, thanks for, thanks for, I probably wouldn't have done it myself Mm. kind of thing. Yeah. That's that's amazing when you get a thank you after doing something. (laughs) Well, it's not, not like thank you for firing me, but like, thank you for helping. Like, cause I never fired somebody like get out. I was always, but no, but you've never done it either. Right. Like you always help people. Like, like I want you to be better. Like after leaving. Uh Right. Um, so that's cool. And and then I kind of want to end this conversation just on leadership. Mm-hmm. Uh, so as a sales leader, as a, you know, a member of the team too, how do you view teams? How do you view um, bringing teams together? Like how do you create that teamwork on your, in your organization? I would say no individual is greater than the whole. And that that's includes the leader lesson. themselves. Oh, the leader can't think that they're better than anybody else that, yeah, they can't place themselves above the rest of the team. So that's something to watch out for. Um, as soon as I see a hint of that on the team, it's immediately addressed as a whole entire group. As a reminder, I had to do it this morning on a, <laughs> on a team meeting that will always do what is in the best interest of our entire team. And um, just because you don't get your way, it doesn't mean that it is okay to bring the rest of the team down in any way, shape or form. So mm. I would say that. And then how I like to hire my team is actually a principle that I learned from Swapnell. So if you can see yourself being friends with that person outside of work in any way, shape or form, and like going to get drinks with them after, then that is a good indicator that they could be a fit for the culture that you're trying to build on your team. Typically what happens with the team is they take on the personality of the leader. Mm-hmm. They really do. And so I, I would compare a team to a child and parent relationship where if the baby falls down, they're going to look to their parent to see what the parent's reaction is. Mm-hmm. If the parent's crying and upset or they're like, hey, you got this, let's get you up, let's pick you up, then that team is going to mirror the reaction of the leader. So no matter what, when you're in leadership, you have to be mindful that your team is watching everything you do no matter what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Very. I like that analogy because yeah, I remember doing it with my daughter. I don't know if you have kids, but I remember doing it with my son and daughter. Mm-hmm. Like every time they fall and my wife, my wife, when we were first, when we had my first, my daughter, she would like, why aren't you freaking out? And I was like, cause most of the time they're not really hurt. They're just scared. They're just right? looking to you. Yeah. They're just trying to figure it out. Yeah. I'd just be like, ah, come on, Lilia. She'd be like, okay. Yeah. And now she, she doesn't really cry that much anymore. Just be, and not because like, she's supposed to, but you know, just like when we fall or something like that, it's like, oh, all right. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay to fall. Let's get <laughs> yeah. back up. And, um, and actually, cause I geek out too much about sales. How, how has your experience been? Cause I've had like Marae and Megan on, and I've also had, um, the Utah women in sales organization. Okay. So, uh, Taylor, Rudy, yeah, Lynette Richards. Yeah. They've been on and just like, building women in sales. So give me your take on like women in sales and, and getting more women into sales tech specifically, if you want and stuff like that. Um, and just how that plays, does that play a factor in, in how you lead and, and how you like approach sales as a whole or how does it work? 
Yeah, I think what's difficult about being a woman in sales or just being a woman in general, specifically mm -hmm. growing up in the LDS community is, at least for me, I was taught that um, what I'm going to do is when I turn 18, I'm going to try to find a husband. I'm going to try to get some some babies and we're going to get <laughs> married and it's going to be amazing. And so I think specifically in Utah, there is that culture mm -hmm. for women where they grow up thinking that there is an ideal that they have to live up to. And so uh, for me, it's been about accepting myself for who I am and accepting that I, it's okay to take a different path. Mm -hmm. I don't have any kids. I have been married for almost six years. Cool. But um, yeah, I think also just building up those around you. So anytime you spot somebody who could be a good potential fit, letting them know that they are capable of whatever they think they're capable of is super important. And I, I try to do this all the time. Like I, um, I went to the salon the other day and there was the sweetest, bubbliest girl <laughs> who welcomed me. And she reminded me so much of myself in my early days where I actually started at a tanning salon as oh, well. Cool. And prior to that, I was at a pizza place. I was at Pop Murphy's <laughs> building some pizzas. Heck yeah. But I think just like spotting that potential and letting them know that you see that potential and then giving them that opportunity um, to reach out if they are interested. So with this girl specifically, I let her know I started where you started. I believe in you. I think you're capable of so much more if you if you're interested. Here's my number, and she will be starting in two weeks. At, no at way. So let's go. Yeah, it's hey. it's things like that, like yeah. building them up and letting them know that they're capable. Because a lot of the time we're we're really hard on ourselves. And we are not necessarily taught that we're capable of whatever we think we are yeah. capable of. And that that's so important. By the way, underrated hiring hack. Yeah. I love I love hiring from like retail, you know, I especially if they're good. Love it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. You're like, dang. Um, I used to actually. Like delete know, that part from this. No, you get it. <laughs> no, I'm saying delete it so nobody finds oh, yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, oh. I'm just kidding. Don't you're like out. it. They, but, uh, everybody should go after them. They're incredible. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. But I like how you, how you mentioned just women specifically. Um, cause a little bit about me, I grew up, we grew up LDS, um, but not in Utah mm. and it was very different. Like our young men's leader took a smoke break during the three hour churches Heck yeah. <laughs> and my grandpa, our grandpa swore from the pulpit every day. And, uh, it, it was just funny because coming here, yeah, there is definitely weird. And like, I have a daughter and I've never once thought like, Oh, this is what you're going to do. I just bring her to networking events. I record these podcasts with powerful women like yourself and let her watch them and then make sure, you know, that she watches my wife and, and what my wife does. Cause she's amazing, uh, an amazing mother and, and businesswoman as well. And so it's just really important for me to like highlight women in, in just business in general. I love that. I think that's incredible. And <laughs> because, you seem like you're doing such a good job of that. <laughs> I hope, I hope so. Leave my, leave my mark. But, um, but yeah, was it, was it, uh, I, you mentioned this earlier, so I'm, so I'm going to assume that maybe you had a similar thought as far as just being a woman in sales where there might not have been like, people might have not have been helping you, right? Like, how did you feel? Like, what was your experience like? Or did you just like blinders? You're like, let's just go. So what's interesting is when I joined Weave and I got promoted into an account executive role. I was on uh, the inbound team at the time, and it got to the point where we decided to pivot and have 
a dental vertical and an optometry vertical. Mm. And I had the decision to stay on my current team under my current leader or go onto a different team. And uh, the idea of going onto a different team under Sky really scared me because Sky is the type of personality that will challenge you and um, he'll call you out quick if needed. And I was talking to my husband saying, I don't know which one to choose. I don't know if I should stay and be on this leader's team or if I should take a risk, go on Sky's team. I think Sky could be the person to like help me get to the next level and grow me. And it terrifies me. And Cam at the time gave me the advice to go onto the person's team that would scare me the most and grow me the most. And so I went onto Sky's team, but I'm just so grateful for him because he constantly was the person to be like, you need to speak up. You need to say something. You're not saying something. And I know, I know you have an opinion about this. We need to hear from you. Very cool. And so he was constantly like during meetings, he, he would text me, be like, speak up. You need to say something. He kicked me under the table. Like <laughs> you're the only one not talking here. And it's because I thought that my opinion didn't matter. And I thought that mm. like, even if I said it, it, yeah, it wouldn't make a difference. But the fact that he was constantly encouraging me and challenging me, it it turned me into something that I didn't think I was even capable of being. Yeah. So I would just say that same thing, like building others up and encouraging them to speak up and letting them know that you see that potential in them is the most important thing you can do for women. Yeah. Because oftentimes they they are saying in their head 15, 30 times a day that like they're not good enough in one way or another. Yeah, yeah. That that's so awesome. And that's a great story because I love hearing that because it kind of gives you know, me hope too, that I can be like, all right, I, I you know, like I can go out and, and be better because there's other men out there that can do that. And, and I, but I think it's just so important, right? Like yeah. letting others people, other people's light shine and like getting it out there and, and then just coaching people. Like, cause I also think too, that, um, people also need to learn. It's a skill to speak up. Like you need to learn how to like do that. Right. Oh, and like, hate it even to this day. <laughs> and that's the thing is when you get the feeling that you should speak up, that's when you just got to You got to blurt it out. Yeah. You got to say it. Yeah. But it's terrifying like for anybody. And that's, what's crazy is like anybody. And so uh, just being that coach that helps people like, no, no, no. Like, come on. Mm -hmm. I had a coach like that. I had a mentor like that. Uh, Rick Treferi. He was a, one of my first managers in tech and I love that guy, but he was like that too. He was like, He's like, no, we're not like going to do play any of these games. We're just like, everybody just come on. Uh, so very cool. Well, thank you so much, Megan, yes, for you. being on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, tell us about Zenny and where the, everybody can find you. Oh yeah. Zenny is amazing. Everybody should, should look into it. So uh, Zenny does automated bookkeeping and accounting for startups. And this is actually Swapnell's and Snahal's third company that they've uh, that they've started. They started Zenny because of the pain point of bookkeeping and accounting that they experienced at the two last. Yeah, it's a pain <laughs> in the ass. So uh, yeah, Zenny.ai is where you can find Zenny. And then you can add me on LinkedIn. It's just Megan Prince. Find me and I'd love to connect. And if, if you're looking for a SDR role as well, I don't know why I'm making eye contact with you, That's but if good. you're looking for an SDR role, then uh, definitely would love to explore that with you. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Awesome. Thank you.